Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Slaughter Podcast will be discussing topics that some listeners may find disturbing. If you're still listening, it's your own fault. It's just your breath. No? This is my death roll. Hi guys, it's Lucy. Oh, and it's Emma. <laughs> Get with the program! <laughs> Do you think Americans can tell us apart? No. Probably not. I'm the one who always sounds like they've got a cold. And Emma's the one... Who always sounds like... Hi, I'm Emma! (laughs) On the verge of a breakdown. It's pretty much accurate. Um, We haven't got much to say at the beginning today, but I was just going to say... We've not got much (laughs) to say ever! There's no news! So, um, it's been a really nice podcasting week. Social media's been lovely. Uh, Facebook group is really cool. The Facebook group are amazing. They're all really clever and have really intelligent conversations. And it is like being a supply teacher with really good students. Keep them busy. Keep them busy. And like talk about it yourselves. And they do. <laughs> amazing. No, but like some really interesting stuff there. Um, there was a guy who mentioned that his mum had an encounter with Fred and Rose West. Amazing! First-hand information. She didn't have sex with them. Oh, like, sorry. when I said encounter, that made it sound like perhaps... <laughs> a, little, a little worse than it was. I think she was... They tried to pick her up. She was obviously a hottie, and they were into it, but she was not. That's amazing. That's... But, yeah, really... Like, if you have stories from murderers, like, tell us before, and then we'll definitely squeeze it into the podcast. We'll crowbar in your stories. We will fucking dedicate to that story. <laughs> We'll set up a shrine to your story. <laughs> yeah. um, and Twitter, we've had some really nice comments. That's been really nice. So remember, it's Slaughter the Pod on Twitter, and it's um, just type in S apostrophe laughter on Facebook um, and True Crime if it doesn't come up, and then it should. Yeah, Lucy's really good at that. And if you see an anomalous tweet and you think, what has happened? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> the one that doesn't fit. Okay, so I'm going to go first. And my murderer is a guy called Levi Belfield. Um, was quite prolific in the early 2000s, but has recently come back into the news because of new confessions that I'll discuss later. Ooh, that's, that's sort of similar to mine. That's weird. So, um, you know, one of my pet hates uh, when researching serial killers is when you see something that's like, this monster or this person was pure evil. Like, I hate the labelling of it. Yeah. Because I think, you know, people have their stories and, like, I don't necessarily believe in, like, the good, evil. Nature versus nurture. I think there's elements I think there's elements of 
a bit of both I don't think anything's black and white and like these are the people that are the damned and these are the people that are the saved but in this instance his mother just went ahead and did it for us because (laughs) Levi she basically just spelled evil wrong (laughs) Um, I don't know if that was dyslexia or just a nice coincidence but (laughs) the newspapers loved it Um, but his mother um, was a strong figure and they were very close um, even more so because his dad died when he was quite young aged when he was 10 and the relationship with the mother we've mentioned before yeah um, that it's a really strong influence but um, I was reading a bit more into it because I thought you know we keep mentioning these things but I want to actually find out about you know the true reasons behind it and I found this book which I absolutely loved um, because it's called Language, Ideology and Identity in Serial Killer Narratives. Amazing! Yeah, so I'm a massive grammar nerd and like (laughs) this is literally picking apart the way that people speak about serial killers and saying how they're trying to influence you with the words that they use and look at this noun phrase and I literally jet sprayed the kitchen floor. I was like, (laughs) amazing. Sounds like the kind of thing that, do you know when you're doing... Um, like a degree and you might be like right I'm going to pick this unit and I would go for that one yeah I'd, I'd, I'd go to lectures on that any day of the week I loved it I was Amazing. like creaming so um, it talked about this again that they keep mentioning the mother and saying that in a lot of media she was kept being described as strong willed and overbearing and a matriarch and but then at the same time when he was uh, when Levi was interviewed, he was saying that they were Romani gypsies and that she was a traveller. And, like, actually, how can she be both transient and overbearing in his life at the same time? Mm. Like, I think people cling to this mother thing. And it was basically saying that the women just can't win in this situation. Like, if you're not... So they're just being normal people, but people are just reading in. Like, if you, if you give birth to a serial killer, it's your fault, is what they're saying. Because mm. if you're not close to them that's why he's a killer yeah if you are close with them that's your own fault yeah right so it's basically so i don't know i feel like i've mentioned the overbearing mother a lot and now i'm starting to question myself like is it can we actually blame anyone for someone else's actions yeah the problem is you're looking at a group of people who aren't your average group of people and you don't know if just because they're so wackadoo when they're little that that's why the mother becomes overbearing I don't know, but like I said, I was getting really into it because I was feeling my um, philosophy A-level and getting into my ethics again. I was like, you know what? Can we ever say that this person caused this? And you know what? Boffins in the Facebook group, get on it. You tell me, can we blame people for the way that they turned out? I don't know. You're the people to solve it. 20 minutes in a discussion, I think we'll have cracked it. Done. Yeah. Um. So anyway... Moving on from the mother, um, as a teen, another. I love how we're giving people homework now. Like, <laughs> this truly has become just a course on murder, a course on murder in which no one's actually an expert and no one's learning shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when he was young, this is another um, trigger for people. Um, he was very short, and <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you say. But. It, his friends and people that knew him at school said that this was a problem he was bullied because of it Aww. and he became very very angry about it and um, you know he had big problems with his body image so when he got older he really bulked up like got into bodybuilding 
really like went massive you know where the neck and like instead of growing upwards i'm gonna grow outward yeah pretty much like he just stretched him smack a bit so no not like a woman i mean like anyone who calls me short i'm gonna fight him yeah pretty much he was gonna make sure that no one fucked with him again um he had a chode body for Mm. sure um what's a chode body do we are we familiar with chode no okay Here's the education. So a chode is this lesson. A chode is a phallic member which is wider than it is tall. <laughs> right. Um, that was him. He had a chode body. Like a hog body. Yeah. But chody. People that knew him said that um because of this bullying, he said that a lot of it was actually done by the girls of the school. Oh. Um and he was just known as being a massive misogynist. Like, oh shit, yeah. Um, yeah. I completely hated women. And it was known that he had a particular hate for blonde women in particular. Like, he was very specific. He would, um, some of his ex-partners said that they would find magazines where he'd just been through with a knife and slashed the face Holy of shit. every blonde woman in it. Which, yeah. can we use that as evidence? Because he could be slashing the face of blonde women or he could be preparing for the biggest art attack you've ever seen. <laughs> like, maybe he just wanted the hair colour to match for his his big... Com- what's it called when you do... Collage. Well, yeah, I was thinking perhaps he was just taking what he'd learned in secondary and was going to create a mood board. Like, mood boards were a big deal. Yeah. Like, if there's one thing that design technology at school taught us... Don't do shit until you've got your mood yeah. board sorted. Pick your colours, do a mood board, then you can get cracking on something that doesn't relate to it in any way. Which worried me because um, we're both going through the process of decorating houses. I've not seen your mood boards. Pinterest, that is the new mood board of the 21st century. I don't know if it counts. If you didn't cut anything out of the Argos catalogue, no. I don't think it matters. Like Things are going to go wrong. Yeah. like We've got the curse of no mood boards now. Yeah. Levi wasn't going to have that. He was making sure. He was like, mood board first, slash the faces, then we'll do the murders. Following the, the DT process to a T. Yeah. He, um, so he'd be really vocal about this. Um, he would particularly hate young girls. He would like, he just thought girls were sluts. And he, he thought that the stereotypical blonde young girl, she was a slut. Right. And she was, they would mainly, I think, partly going back to the fact that he found them attractive, mm. but they like didn't me, find yeah. him attractive. He wants what he can't have, and therefore he's going to be aggressively angry at them. Yeah. A little bit like we spoke about last week with the Elliot Roger thing, like, hate the hot girls. Yeah. Um, but And he fixated on young blonde girls. But not enough that he didn't still try and shag them. Oh, yeah. He was well into that. So rather than avoid young blonde women... He got a job where he was perfectly placed to meet all of them. What, a photographer? Oh, no, but that would have been good. I'm a model. Like, I'm a photographer. Like, these guys who go on Gumtree and be like, I'm looking for photography. I mean, they've got to be murders. Although, I'm getting a photo shoot done tomorrow by a guy who also does that. He goes on to advertise for free models for photography sessions and then he says that some girls come and just meet him in the middle of nowhere and often he'll bring his fiance just to show that he's not a murderer any other ideas of what he might have done he wasn't a creepy photographer um so he 
Is it specific to them being blonde? Blonde young girls, not specific to being blonde, young girls who would actually shag him so he's taking advantage in some way. Sixth form teacher. Ooh. That got dark. No, he was a bouncer. Oh. And for right. some inexplicable reason, people are shagging the bouncers. Oh, really? So I think that gives you an idea. I mean... It's like if you don't get in, you shag them and then you get in. I don't know. I've never done it. Just once you're in, what's the point? But not to generalise too much, but they are all made in the same mould. Like, if you had a lineup of bouncers as suspects, you could not point one out. No. So he had the whole thing, like obviously the wide guy, shaved head. Yeah. You know, have you seen that photo of that guy who has a face like a thumb? Yeah. Hits thumb him. Face. Yeah. Thumb face for sure. Big toe face for a while. In what ways? The people were trying to track down him was actually off, and I was really obsessed <laughs> with it and trying to find him. If you don't know what we're talking about, Google thumb face, and it does look like someone's just left their thumb on the camera, but with a little face on it. It's amazing. It's cute. It's just the kind of thing that I really like. I want to know more about how you manifested your obsession. Like, did you have a picture up of him? No, I just used to look at the pictures and then I used to... How long How long would you look at the pictures forums for? forums about people trying to find the thumbhead and Google thumbhead and that kind of stuff. Do you have a t-shirt with thumbhead on I it? I would wear that out. Did you do nail art so that your thumb was a thumbhead? <laughs> No, but that sounds like a good idea. I think so. We're always looking for new business ideas. Thumb, thumbhead thumbs. That's the one. Mm. Anyway. Um, so yeah, he was a bouncer, so he had access to these girls. And basically, it kind of just confirmed his prejudices against them. Because he was seeing them when they were on a night out, dressed up nicely, out to have a good time. And his opinion was, you were all out to be sluts. Yeah. Like, that's what you're doing. And just totally blaming, like, thinking, oh, if you're dressed that way, it's your own fault. He did definitely, he sort of built his life around creating circumstances where he had opportunities to do the things he wanted to do to women. His other job was at, so he was having access to young women out at night, drunk and vulnerable. He had other jobs in sort of car clamping and um, car wreckage. So he was constantly changing cars, swapping cars, so he you could it was hard to trace him. He was not registered to one for very long. And he could also dispose of them, like, yeah. with no questions asked. No one would think it was weird that he was crushing a car with yeah. the machine. Like, it was perfectly reasonable. Um, so he basically, this all added up to where he could carry out his hobby, which was he would drive around the streets of London at night and try and get girls in his van. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's not uninter... I mean, some some killers that we've looked at just seem to be very much like, oh, this is a good idea, but he's not unintelligent. It's quite well-planned. Like, he's not a stupid person. Yeah, and the police officers um, in charge of the investigation did often describe him as being cunning. Yeah. And, I mean, he wasn't, he, he, was, he wasn't one of these killers that would have ideals and have a manifesto and be wanting to blurt it all out and boast about their crimes he was he was very he was cunning he kept it quiet he knew he didn't he's never apart from the recent confessions which we'll get to later he's never spoken on his crimes always a no comment no comment no comment he was keeping his tracks covered um so yeah, so his hobby was basically to just drive, see a woman, and just catcall, shout at her, do you want to have sex? Like, nothing subtle in that respect. Yeah. And I just think it's really fucking lucky that he never read those pickup artist um, 
articles and tips because have you seen those guys like just I watched that video that came out um, about a year ago was it that everyone was really up in arms about just showing um, all the cat calling one girl got in New York City and it was disgraceful if you haven't seen any of their stuff there was a documentary about them and there's loads of stuff online and you can even watch on YouTube videos of the guy that came up with the game is this stuff like negging where you um Yes. you insult people yeah and, and like intrigues tear them down and then when you give them a little bit of attention yeah. like really manipulative really horrid yeah. ways of getting women and like in the documentary there was like a guy who was pretty much homeless and would like just go to people at bus stops and convince them to sleep with him so that he would have somewhere to stay that night <gasps> it was quite sad yeah um but Luckily, Levi didn't have those skills of manipulating women quite the same way. You just yelling out a window. Yeah. We're a shag me. <laughs> We're sex. And they said yes. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he had to start killing them, pretty much. Um, it's assumed that a couple of times it worked. I don't know. Probably not. There's a lot of things surrounding Levi Belfield that are murky. Um, because he was good at covering his tracks, because it's hard to track his cars, um, he knew it was all contained in the area of London where he lived. He knew it really well, like the back of his hand. He could find ways to evade the camera, like CCTV. Um, like he has since then, um, a lot of things have been kept back from the media regarding the cases, a lot of the details of it. But then there's been friends, air quotes friends, that have come out of the woodwork and said a lot of things. And you're like, if you knew this about Levi Belfield, were you really his friend? Because you sound like a dick now. Um, So it's a really tricky case because there's so much, there's a lot of hearsay surrounding it. And it's one of the ones where when I've started looking into it, I've really questioned everything about it that's happened. Um, So let's get to some of the things he actually did. Um, He was quite successful with the women though. He had four wives and 11 children. No. (laughs) Right. In his life, he had four wives. He wasn't... Um, is that successful? Or is that just... How many wives have you had? Well... You're not doing so well with the ladies. Let me say that, Luce. <laughs> Ask me if I want to marry you. Do you want to marry No! You're unsuccessful. Aww. Re- offer rejected. Um, so, one of the ones that was linked to him was the murder of Marsha McDonald. This was in 2003. Um, She was an 18-year-old blonde girl. And she was getting the bus home from the cinema. She got off the bus. And it's believed that what Levi would do, driving around his van, scouting for girls, would see someone get on the bus, follow the bus, and wait till they got off so that he knew they were there. Um, So she was literally a matter of yards from her home. Um, when she was attacked with a blunt instrument to the back of the head and left for dead. She was late, She died in hospital later with, um, obviously, blunt trauma to the head. And That's a risky strategy, because that's going to be, in an area with houses, someone maybe meters from their home, that you'd think if they yelled, someone would hear something. Yeah, you could say that, but for, as well... There's no DNA evidence. Mm. He's not. He's not trying anything with them. He's literally driving up, smack, 
drive away yeah. like residential areas people are mostly in bed there's mm. not people wandering around to see and he's got none of his DNA on the body there's, it's almost untraceable and he's gone then he's off he's driven I was worried about that last night because I got off the bus and there's one guy in front of me and there's one guy behind me and I just thought what if these guys are working together and pretending they don't know each other and then one's going to turn around and they're both going to murder me but they didn't <laughs> but, but then I got home safe and I'm fine I was thinking that when I was driving home when I was coming home I wasn't driving in the taxi and I got out and I was like someone might murder me but no I've got my kebab I'll smack around the head with it so like I said since his convictions there have been these friends coming out of the woodwork and telling their stories um one of them is Peter Rodriguez who was I think a DJ in some of the clubs that Levi would be a bouncer for and they became quite close friends to the point where um they actually shared a flat together and he now um, tells uh, of Levi's character and what a violent person he was in that they had an argument one night when drunk and then the next thing he knew, six weeks later, he was waking up in hospital from a blunt trauma to the oh back of the God. head. It's his belief that Belfield hit him in the head with a hammer, similar to the Marshall McDonald case, and then he was left for dead in his flat at the bottom of the stairs. Um there was no evidence not enough evidence to convict he knew that he'd had an argument with belfield he knew they'd been in the house together belfield had disappeared but no dna evidence his word against yeah. belfield um it's it seems like you should be able to get something yeah i mean they, but it's hit the staircase murderer guilty but even with if there was dna it was their flat his dna is going to be everywhere like it's yeah. difficult to find the conviction but it wasn't even he wasn't even arrested for it um but then later while he was in hospital belfield came to the hospital um claiming to be rodriguez's brother and was causing such a commotion that he had to be escorted out of the hospital yeah. by police he was sent out so he could not keep his shit together yeah and this coincided with somebody unknown coming into the hospital later and trying to switch off all of Peter's machines. <laughs> um, again, Rodriguez insists that was this on, was on an attempt. support? I don't know. It, well, he didn't say that he was on live support. He just said switch off my machines. So, so I don't get think... rid of the evidence. Turn the computer off. Yeah, like, you will never know. <laughs> um, but And he still insists that he thinks it was Belfield came back to try and, Sounds you know, like... get rid of the evidence. But still no not enough evidence to make a conviction i mean what would his excuse have been for someone coming in and trying to switch off the machines other than an attempted murder case yeah that it's like those stories you hear about um people that die because someone's tried to switch uh, plug in their mobile phone to charge and turned off their life support that nurse who was plugging in the hoover yeah <laughs> is that a true story or is that just a joke i've heard find out facebook group i'm sure i heard something about someone's putting in a, a clean someone putting in a hoover and turning off no life way. support that must have been a joke maybe it's some hardcore eco warriors that are trying to save power like turn everything off at night yeah my dad would be like that Right, like, switch oh, the switches. come on, let's just put a little lamp on. <laughs> no, Dad! I want the big light. It's keeping me alive. I want to see what I'm doing. 2004, things start to start kick off. Um, the timeline rapidly increases. Um, family and friends of Levi say that he starts having panic attacks 
unexplained that he's never had before. One particular instance mentioned is they were on holiday in Spain and news of a 14-year-old girl who'd been murdered on the beach um, nearby was in the newspapers. And apparently, he's while they were chatting about it, he just got up and ran off back to his hotel and was yeah. like, I'm having an attack. And it, But again, this is only since, and it's possible speculation a little bit but also there is um some sources um that i read that said around this time he also took an overdose um and had mentioned to a friend that i've done terrible things yeah but was not reported of course because you'd think he's flatmates in hospital with a bashed in head he's saying he's done terrible things did you do this terrible thing like unless he just i don't know what else could he have been upset about? Yeah. He was a car clamper. Like, he's doing terrible things all the time. Mm. Although saying that, I do not actually... I, like... You know people like, oh, traffic wardens, they're the fucking worst. He wasn't a traffic warden. I love traffic wardens. I would love to be one. I hate seeing people parked on double yellow lines and thinking they can get away with it. Traffic wardens are not in enough places. I want some tickets <laughs> I can give out to people. I would love it. Bang to rights. Bang not to the rights. Enemy. There is some nubhead that keeps parking on the end of my driveway with the back of their car just over the edge. So yes, I can get past you, but you're making it fucking difficult for me. And one day, I want to just ram it. Like, if my car's already damaged and I'm going to get rid of it, that's the day his car is getting rammed because there is no excuse. He doesn't even live on this side of the street. He lives on the other side of the street. Why do you want to pretend like my house is your house? Because my fence is nice. Yes, it fucking is. Dad painted it blue. The other day I was fantasising about if I could have a car that was almost like a bumper car so I could smack into people but it wouldn't damage my car but they'd know I was annoyed. Yeah, I totally want to just smash a few cars. Luke's always like that when he's like, oh, well, they're driving very near me but they're going to come off worse than I am because they've got a much better car than me. <laughs> Luke's got nothing to lose. No. <laughs> you can tell that when driving with him. Yeah. Like last night when he just took a random, he just randomly just went straight into another lane. And we're like, what are you doing? Like, well, that car didn't have its lights on. I was going to tell him by killing all of us. <laughs> yeah. Let our death be the beacon that you didn't have your lights on. <laughs> then in May 2004, a girl called Kate Sheedy again just left school and was taking gap year so another young girl blonde girl um she was getting off a bus and walking to her parents house um she'd seen a white people carrier parked on the street could hear the engine running but the lights were all off and just something about it made her think i'm not comfortable here so she crossed the street to avoid this car we now know that the driver of this car was Belfield. Seems like he was obviously pissed off that the person he'd been following was now avoiding him. So rather than getting out and hammering her, he quickly did a rapid U-turn in the road and drove right over her. (gasps) He then backed up and drove over her again. Oh my God, that's horrific. It would... I I mean, I know I've said that quite bluntly, but we don't need to... She did actually manage to make a 999 call. I was going to think, because she obviously... She must have survived because she said that she saw it in cross. Yes. So she managed to survive. She had a ruptured spleen, like, tons of bones were crushed. Horrific. 
Yeah, but and so luckily she managed to call. I mean, the I heard the nine 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 call. I won't play it. Right. That's a bit too sword and scale for me. Yeah. But it, just the amount of pain that she was in, oh and that she was able to do that is I hate pretty incredible. But I mean, thank God for mobile phones. Like if this was back in the day, if you'd got run over by a horse and cart a few hundred years ago, you, who are you going to call? You'd be left for quack dead. doctor. Someone would take your money out of your pocket and be on their way. So, um, so she was in um, hospital for a long time. I mean, the effects of that have been horrendous. She has said yeah. it's taken a long time to get over it, but thankfully she survived. And her testimony and her situation did help hugely in yeah. catching Belfield later. Um, it's all claimed, Rodriguez claimed that this is the same day that Belfield came to visit him in the hospital and was kicked out by the police, which, if true, could explain some of the anger and frustration that went into this attack and like I said people have said that it, they believe it's because she had rejected and tried to avoid him that he went against his normal effort of murder sort of like oh you think you can get away from me yeah Not now so there was a tv appeal to find this white people carrier and here comes one of Levi's ex-partners and she has since spoken out about the abuse that she suffered at his hands and how cruel he was, how controlling, that she was absolutely terrified of him. And even one occasion where he was working on a car and asked her a question and she didn't turn around fast enough. I've said this before. Um, and she didn't turn around fast enough and he hit her in the back of the head with a wrench. And just all this horrendous stuff. Oh, that's awful. Um, so this lady then recognises this car, thinks, okay horrifically violent abusive ex had a white people carrier white people carrier involved in a horrifically violent attack so she calls up one of levi's friends and says oh is he still driving this white people carrier and he was like yeah why'd you ask and she's like oh nothing and just left it (laughs) she like she said after it's like well i just never thought it could be true like well obviously you did because you called someone to check and like if you're going to suspect anyone, him! Yeah. Suspect him! I mean, I know tw- hindsight is twenty twenty, but she might need to consider getting her cataracts taken out because it's like, yeah, you wouldn't know Too a serial killer if he came up and bashed you in the head, abused you, and then drove off in the car that he had at the scene of a crime. Like, what more do you need? But... Is this they they questioned her afterwards, so she didn't say. Yeah, she's I was too scared. Well, or... this is the thing. This is what I was saying about how I was really starting to question the reliability of the sources. She's came came through and said this later. Yeah. I mean, she was involved. She did mention go to the police at a later date, um, which I'll mention um, afterwards. But it does make you think. Like, did you genuinely believe this at the time, or do you just feel like you have to say? If people are asking you, like, why yeah. didn't you suspect him? Why didn't you suspect him? Why didn't you know he was involved in these things? And then you probably start to think, well, I did think maybe the car... Like, yeah. you don't know, because like things change like, over the time. I knew all along, I just didn't... But they didn't. They didn't have a clue, but they just want to seem like they weren't and it, so naive. Well, and what what makes you look better? The fact that you didn't... If Like, if you didn't know, is that better? Because then it explains why you didn't do anything. Or if you did know, because then it shows that you're not a complete imbecile. Like, I feel for her, it's a horrible situation. And it's brave to come out and say I had a relationship with this guy and was intimately involved with him so I wouldn't judge her too harshly but I think generally the whole psychology around witness statements and what people remember and what they perceive it as after the event is really interesting yeah um 
So that's another book. If anyone's got a book recommendation for me on that, like, I love to get educated. We like book recommendations. What I really like is, an um, like, a Cliff Notes recommendation. Like, if, if you could recommend the book and then bullet point it for me, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, so, anyway, so that was um, in May of 2004. So then August 2004, um, he'd not been picked up by police or anything. He's still going. Um, a girl called Amélie de Lagrange was a French student studying over here in London. But same, same old circumstances. You could go through it now. She's walking home, bus stop, van comes up, hammer to the back of the head drives off nobody knows who it is i mean i don't want to sound like just oh like her death is horrendous we don't like i wouldn't want to trivialize it but in terms of the imagination of levi belfield we're talking zero like i mean what's he getting out of that particularly either it's not like he's enjoying the process it's one swift hit you had a lot of these serial killers they've got it's sort of like they've got a process and a routine and they get off on it and and they fiddle around with the body for want of better words but then he's just like smacking and run it's just so yeah well mind I, I had i had a little look into it because usually a lot of the ones we've done it's been quite sexually fueled yeah and it's been that they've attacked them and raped them and they've wanted or they've attacked them because they've already raped them and they don't want a witness mm. things like that or convenience like marianne cotton where it's just like yeah you're in the way goodbye. whereas he had no reason to do it we know that he had this hate for these women so but he is just literally if it is that it's revenge against these girls from when he was younger he's literally playing it out over and over and over and um you'd think he'd want to say stuff to them first just to sort of really dig the knife and be like here's what you get for being blonde or something that alerts them to why he's doing it but there's none of that it's just like yeah well i looked into some of the they wouldn't even know some of the reasons why people thought he might have been doing this and there was some um it was an article in I forget. I think it was a criminology periodical. I forget which one. I'm really sorry. But it was talking about a motive for serial killers where it seems like there's no motive. And there was saying that there's a Freudian theory about um, um, repetition compulsion where it's like you feel compelled to repeat the same patterns. Like um, some people think that he might be building up to something else where some people think it is this repetition compulsion where he feels like he has to keep doing this to work through some sort of neuroses or work through some sort of thought that he hasn't quite been able to get to completion, whatever that may be. I'm so used to slagging off Freudian theories. I can't give it any regard, I'm afraid. Go, well, go on, give it me. No, but like Freud was batshit crazy. <laughs> like he's widely discredited takes one to know one if you've done a level psychology well tell me some go on give me some stuff well, he said counter people, me people get schizophrenia because they've got an overactive ego oh yeah well there was all the sex stuff too which was like i went to the freud oh is this gonna go off track? but anyway the freud museum there's this room and it talks about some of his different cases and when he was interpreting their dreams in particular and so you'd read the case on this and it's like okay this girl um would often dream about being trapped inside a box and it was dark and she could hear that she was, she knew she was alive she was trying to get out um, and that was the dream and so it's like what do you think it was it was like a lift the flap like what do you think his diagnosis was and so I love that 
me and my friend were like, well, maybe it's some sort of coffin, like scared of dying. Like we were going really literal. It's like, no, she had an irrational fear of strawberries. You're like, what? Like it it's was like the there kid- was no the connections that he was making. I was like, I yeah. don't know how he got there. It's like the kid who was scared of white horses because he saw his dad's penis. Apparently, horse has penis. Well, that's the connection for Freud. Horse is scary. Either he's scared of penises or he wants to date his dad. Oh no, his mum. I think. Um, it was the same partner who is involved, who um, recognised the van that was involved in this next incident. I'm not sure because um, he had so many. But November of the same year, 2004, he paid a visit to his second wife and was said that he was in anguish and was saying that I've done something terrible again. Like, I've done something. You're going to find out about it. You're going to absolutely hate me. Like, you don't know what I've done. She then contacted the police and said Levi's up to something and uh, by this time that area of London was like people were in fear like he was named like the bus stop killer Mm. and the hammer killer and he was like known women were starting to like don't go out on your own at night you wouldn't get the bus and you'd dye your hair wouldn't you well that was yeah that sort of thing was happening so they had loads of suspects he wasn't one at that time and she um, reported it. It said that the detectives had a, an ex-girlfriend list of girl, women that had rung up suggesting Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It was their ex-boyfriend. So almost slightly... Discrediting it in that sense is like, oh, she's just trying to get him in trouble. But they did start looking into him and realized that certain cars that he had had were on CCTV around those areas, that these killings were happening in all around places he lived. And they put a surveillance team on him 24 7 following him around. Uh, they watched him. And I mean, one of the detectives in a particular documentary said that they'd watched him. Um, pull up in his van to two 14 year old girls at a bus stop and start talking to them and they said there's this huge dilemma over okay we know we're watching him to catch him he's clearly talking to these two girls if we intervene now 
we're going to arrest him on what harassment and have no evidence of what we're looking for if we don't intervene now are we going to witness him murder some girls yeah because it happened so quick i guess how how are they going to stop it i mean they can see that he's done it but you don't want you don't want someone to die with the police. Yeah, you don't want to have it. to. You don't want to have to watch him kill them before you arrest him. But if you intervene, you can't. Yeah. You can't actually get him. So I think. I mean, there was nothing to come from that, but yeah. it was interesting again. Yeah. Um. So eventually, they went to arrest him. They went to his house, and just to compound his guilt, he resisted arrest. Didn't answer the door because he'd run and hid. Can you guess where? my favourite place in the loft yes in the fucking loft the loft where all the murder weapons are hidden the loft where the homeless guys are living he was in the loft too he'd stripped off check the loft always check the loft he was probably naked before but it said that he was found naked and he'd hidden himself under the insulation which that would hurt yes that insulation that's like like a bitch that fibreglass stuff like it gets in your skin it's it's awful for days like I'm always like, oh, I don't need gloves. It's just fluffy. Fucking hurt. Yeah. Like, we, I mean, our, the Facebook group have been having this discussion over, like, about fiberglass gloves. <laughs> <laughs> about death penalties and, like, what's, you know, what do they deserve and things like that. And I'm like, well, I don't know whether rolling people naked in fiberglass is possibly one of the punishments we should be considering because that would have been hell. Itchy as shit. Um, so, yes, so he was arrested. Eventually, he was charged with. The three cases, he was charged with the murder of Amelie de Lagrange, the French student. He was charged with Marsha McDonald's murder and with the attempted murder of Kate Sheedy, who he ran over. There were also numerous other charges of um, kidnapping, attempted rapes, attempted murders, which had to just fall by the wayside. Lack of evidence and the enormity of the case, which seems awful that there's people out there that might not have got justice yet. I guess you've got to pin him for the big ones and then... Yeah, I mean, he was serving three life sentences. He wasn't... He's not getting out of prison. He's in there for life. So it was kind of seen as the the trauma of going... Taking people through it. Um, So around... So this happened in 2004. The cases went on through to 2006. He then started to be linked to cold cases. So once they'd found him and they saw this pattern, they could go back looking through the cold cases and start linking to other people. And one big case that he was then linked to was the Millie Dowler case. You've heard of her, right? No. Are you kidding? Like, that name immediately. Really? uh, For a couple of reasons. So one, she went missing in 2004. 13-year-old, young blonde girl around this area. And it was all over the news. I remember constant appeals looking for her she was then you know what? i think i looked this up the other day and i was thinking of doing that as a murder case but i'd only looked at the victim because the name definitely rings a bell yeah so then she was found in the woods actually murdered so slightly different to the others yeah. she was found in the woods but um and he was questioned about her and just i mean as boring and unimaginative as he was in other things just no comment no comment you can watch videos of his police interviews online it's, there was no point yeah. just no comment like he wasn't giving me the serial killer charm he's not like forced to answer like can no. you just say no comment to everything yeah like, why which, does anyone say anything like? which gets to a point where you're like well at least claim to be innocent yeah. but which he was um and so eventually he was found guilty of her murder too because of the location and they were able to link 
a car that he had to that area. He still maintained his innocence, but was convicted for that, which was huge. I mean, this case was also huge um, because of the phone hacking scandal. Yeah. So News of the World and Rupert uh, Rupert Murdoch's um, newspaper organisations had a huge phone hacking scandal incident. And in this case one of the people working for them had listened to the voicemails on Millie Dowler's phone, leading the family to think, she's checked her voicemail, she must be alive. Oh. Which is absolutely horrendous. Yeah, that, and obviously they didn't admit to doing it, so they, no. were, so they were going on the assumption that, well, she couldn't also. have been killed then because she was still alive on this day. Right. And they screwed up the case. Also like that. Got Hugh Grant very angry. He did, like, lots of things happened. Um, Good old Hugh Grant. One guy said about it though he was like oh i don't have any sympathy for levi belfield he caused the end of one of britain's most popular and well-loved sunday newspapers are you fucking kidding all the things that he did and you're bemoaning the fact that we don't have a shitty tabloid anymore (laughs) there's plenty of other shitty tabloids filling the void like if anything that's one good thing to have come out of this that that was brought to light i mean he's probably a guy going around like oh well, the Nazi party's over. That's the death of Hugo Boss's greatest military collection. Like, dear God, do not bemoan the loss of the news of the world. Um, so then, to finally, another twist in this case, um, Levi Belfield, who hadn't spoken on his cases ever, or was the no comment, he hadn't even given evidence at trial. He just, he hadn't uh, taken the stand at all, just did nothing. Um, he actually confessed to killing Millie Dowler. Only one. Confessed to her. Which leads to, you have to think, why has he done it? So he's confessed to this crime. He said that he did all these things that weren't um, in the other cases. Like, he said that he'd taken her to his flat. He said that there was a rape, that he'd strangled her. Doesn't fit his MO at all. No. Um, So people are suggesting maybe he just wants the attention because that case was so well televised and that also he apparently has when he's had interviews has insisted on having female police like he won't say anything unless he's got them and it's believed that that's possibly one of the reasons he's in a max security prison all male around if he's gonna if he says oh i've got something to confess to you if you bring me female police officers they're gonna do it um but since then he's claimed that he didn't confess the details weren't revealed until recent, until Millie Dowler's parents recently revealed the details of what he said he confessed to, um, which makes it inconsistent with the others. He claimed he had an accomplice who was then cleared. It's just all very suspect. I don't want to say that he didn't do it because he probably did do it. Yeah. But I don't think that all of the confession that he's giving, considering its inconsistencies and the timing, mm. just seems like... And the fact... It just seems like maybe he's just I wish people would just get bullshit. caught and then be like, oh, I'll just, I'm being caught now. I'll just tell the truth now. Yeah, I love tell that. I'm like, if you're going to be, if you're going to steal someone's pencil, when I ask you about it, just tell me you did it. You'll have your punishment and we'll move on with our lives. Yeah. Don't make me interrogate you and break you. Yeah. Um, he's now also a Muslim. Oh. Like he's called Yusuf Rahim now. Oh. So maybe he's going to be nice. Doubt it. Yeah, probably not. Right, on to my murder, which is James Hanratty, another one that my mum told me about. Hanratty. Hanratty, which is one word. I've written it as two, but it's not. Um, 
This is another sort of old one, but as I said earlier, there's a little bit of new evidence that kind of brought it into the modern age a little bit. I was just thinking um, about people called Hanratty, sorry. Hanratty. Tom Hanks in Catch Me If You Can. Hanratty. Hanratty. Um, so, I'm going to start by talking about Hanratty, but... Who? Uh, James Hanratty. <laughs> but I want you to hold off judgment. I don't want you to see him as a murderer yet. I want you to make up your mind near the end. Okay. Okay. So, he was born on 4th of October 1936 in Farnborough, And he was the oldest of four sons... Um, and his father was also James Hanratty. So there's a pattern here. Naming him after his exact name again. Makes you a murderer. Makes you stupid. If you call it makes your son you your unimaginative. If you call your son the same name as you, they're going to be a murderer. Or maybe because... The they... president of the USA. Or maybe it's because firstborn sons are arseholes. They are. Maybe. I know this for a fact. Maybe that's the, the trend. If you your oldest boy is going to be a dick, so he had um, a really troubled early years. Um, he was described as a retard, which is obviously <gasps> a word that he did use then, and we wouldn't use now. A psychopath and a pathological liar. So just basically the whole spectrum of being an asshole. Um, he was kicked out of Catholic school aged eleven, and like those nuns don't stand for shit though. They just kick people out left, right, and center. Do you think, or do you think they just beat you to a pulp until you behaved and it worked for most? But what, what kind of year are we talking? Oh, the 30s, yeah. 40s. Oh, shit, yeah, they probably fucked him up. Yeah. So, and his parents basically said, well, we're not sending him to special school because there's nothing wrong with him. Um, so we just didn't well, go to school. that's nice then. They weren't R-wording him. So they just said he's not going to go to school, basically. Not so nice. He's have no education. At least they believe in him. At 11, they were like, you don't need special school. You don't need no school. We didn't do no schooling and we're fine. <laughs> so age 15, um, he went to work as a refuse sorter, which I guess we'd call bin a bin man. man. Yep. And he was illiterate. But I think like there were jobs for people who are illiterate. Now you'd have to fill in a form to be a bin man or something. But I think back then you could kind of get away with not reading and writing. Knife sharpener. Uh, organ grinder <laughs> chestnut seller yeah you're waiting for me to stop aren't you yeah I'll let it continue <laughs> any more no <laughs> window cleaner <laughs> um, done. he also fell off his bicycle and he injured his head and he was unconscious for 10 hours ding 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 head injury head injury serial killer bingo I think eyes down for a full house I think th- and this is where he sort of changed his behaviour quite a bit so he was living at his home with his parents and he was a refuse collector and nearly almost as soon as he came out of hospital he moved to out and he moved to Brighton it's almost like something was different yeah Um, so he he was found (laughs) it didn't grow well he was found eight weeks later where he collapsed from hunger that nearly happened to me in Brighton it's crazy wow it's mad down there like you go out for a night out, you wake up under the pier with a pebble in your mouth. <laughs> Just chewing on that pebble, thinking this is the worst kebab I've ever eaten. Um, and he was taken to hospital and they diagnosed a brain hemorrhage. Oh, shit. Uh, so something properly wrong with him. Um, so he went to stay with his aunt in Bedford to improve and he found a job making breeze blocks. Um, That's one I didn't think of. Uh, but... Alongside this job, he did a lot of horrible things. So 
No, I mean, not awful, but not great. I punched the holes in the breeze blocks. <laughs> um, so, age 17, he stole a motor vehicle and he drove a Nova... A motor vehicle, did he? A motor vehicle. A vehicular object. And he drove with no licence, so he got done for that. And then age 18, he broke into a house and he stole items. And then for that, they gave him two years in prison. Pretty much as soon as he came out, he stole another car and uh, drove without a license again and then when he was in prison that time uh, they who's got time for learning not him he didn't even go to school never mind driving school there you go um, and they identified him as a psychopath so they said you are officially a psychopath now that is that is what you are um, if driving without a license constitutes a psychopath I think there's a lot of people on this street I could um, get committed <laughs> um so then age 21 he stole a car and he got three years in prison then um so that's kind of like where we're up to with him like that's his life so far age 21 not a good one not a good one so push that aside for a moment i'm going to tell you about a terrible crime so in 1961 the body of on the a6 which i've driven on but that's that's and you didn't do a murder Uh, yeah i didn't (laughs) do a murder um but that's in the Midlands, so I don't know if it's a really massively long road because it's happened in Sometimes London. they are long. Yeah. Sometimes roads go from one place all the way to another place. And it's miles and miles and miles. So the body of Michael John Gregstone, Gregston was discovered in a lay-by on the A6 and he'd been shot twice in the head. And next oh, to him was his mistress, Valerie Storey, and she Greg's been, mistress Gregston's mistress Gregston's mistress although it says mistress but it turns out he was separated from his wife so to me that's just a relationship yeah like yeah. that's just an unmarried person with another unmarried person yeah like, that's 60s nothing sordid about that um, she'd been raped and then shot four times in the shoulder and once in the neck um, they were found by a farm worker um, and the car that they'd been driving had been abandoned nearby. Gregston uh, was a scientist and uh, Story was his lab assistant. Um, and he was separated from his wife. So there was, it wasn't doing anything wrong. And like, I hate that they said affair, really, because it was... They just got together. It was lovely. Well, you've got to think, like, who's left alive? The ex-wife. She's not going to be putting it out there like, oh, Greg and his lovely young companion, is she? She's going to be... Bitter. But it's better than finding out he's having an affair by finding out he's dead. Because that's maybe he cheated on his wife with this woman and then stayed with her. Maybe, maybe which still tough. is okay. Maybe doesn't constitute he's doing weird kills. science experiments on both of them, like in Splice. Have you seen that film? In what film? Splice. No, it's like the worst horror film known to man. It's awful. They have sex with a half human, half like reptile. Did you watch awful. that alone? Um, I think I feel like it's worse if you did. I think I might have done when I was off sick work once. It's the worst thing ever. It's so funny. Um, so Valerie survived. Um, so she oh she'd been shot four times, but she'd survived it. Um, they shot her in the neck four times, and she survived so she was it. Paralyzed, but hard she was as fucking alive. nails. Yeah. She survived, and she told the police. She said that she and Gregston had been sitting in his car. A man had tapped on the window and then he'd got out a gun and threatened them and said, basically, I'm on the run. You need to drive me where I want. Right. So he'd got them. He said He's it, not understood hitchhiking. No. It never really took off in England. He wouldn't make it unhunted because he'd, you know, he'd be... Or he'd be amazing. I bet there's rules against that on a TV show. 
Anyways. Threatening people with guns. That's um, true. So 11.30, the man had told um, Gregston to... So they'd sat in the car for a while, and he said, drive me further in the field. And then at 11.30, he said, actually, I'm hungry. Take me to get food. And he'd been ranting all this time about mm. certain things about his life. Um, Take me to get some food. They took him to a shop, and then he got some cigarettes and food. Then he said, right, drive me around. And they basically drove around London aimlessly, and he had the gun on them. Um, at 1.30 in the morning, um, he said take me on the A6 and then he said pull me into this lay-by um, and Gregson had tried to say no and he got aggressive and he pointed the gun at them and said do it or I'm going to shoot you um, and he said he wanted to sleep and he said well I'm going to have to tie you up then because I want to have a sleep um, mm. so he tied their hands together and then he, uh, he shot Gregson twice in the head telling Valerie that he'd moved too quickly and that's why I'd killed him which I find weird like sort of justifying to the other person that you you you're going to try and murder why you've murdered the other one i guess to con- like to make sure that her compliance continued yeah because if you think it doesn't matter if i comply he's just going to shoot me anyway yeah um he then told uh, valerie stone to kiss him she had said no she'd managed to untie herself Brave as well yeah and she tried to take the gun off him she tr- untied her hands like think of the number of people that i've kissed just because it's been a little bit awkward like they were stood a bit too close so i thought why not <laughs> like <laughs> That, I don't recommend that. No, don't do it. Never like... kiss people because you feel awkward. No, I've learned that. I don't do that now. Good. Um, so he he overpowered her. She couldn't get the gun off him. And he ordered her to get in the back of the car. And then he raped her. And then he got out of the car. And she was pleading for her life, saying, please don't kill me. Um, and he didn't take a blind bit of notice. He shot, he shot seven times and five of them hit her. So the four in the shoulder and then the one in the neck. And he just assumed that she was dead and drove off toward Luton. Um, and uh, he told her that he'd been a drifter and on the run, but he'd been immaculately dressed in a really smart suit, so it didn't really tie This is up. like with Peter Tobin last week, like when they leave them for dead, like they need to commit to it. Like the leaving for dead doesn't seem to work out for many people. Even with Levi Belfield, like leaving his flatmate to die. If you want to make sure that you've done the job, like see it through to the end. It's like in a horror assume. film, a horror film where there's someone after you and then you stab them and then you go over and try and help someone else. Check their dead. It's like going back to a lit firework. Although I'm glad he didn't check she was dead because she managed to survive it. So, um, but then, um, so following the murder, the uh, the police obviously it was a massive story. They were looking everywhere and the police found a revolver on a London bus that was loaded and it had been wiped clean of fingerprints. So it's basically just going around on this bus and there was a handkerchief with it. But it sounds like a weird premise for a James Bond film. It was really weird. Um, but there was no DNA testing, so it yeah. was just kind of logged and then put um into sort of safekeeping and then the police um had sort of expanded their search so they called local hotels and hostels said if you've got any suspicious guests in the area please let us know and a man called um peter louis alphon was picked up because he'd locked himself away for five days after the murder so they've got this one guy called alphon um Story and another witness oh. compiled an identity kit. Hold on, I'm confused about Alphon. So he'd, they'd said, who around has been acting weird? And um, so the hotel owner had said, there's this guy who's locked himself away for five days. I don't know if you want to question him. They'd taken him in for questioning. Okay, so this guy... Okay, so there's just a kid in a hotel room. And he was in the hotel room. Like, yeah, and he'd locked himself away in a room. So story... Sounds like he's not up to anything then. Wow, I mean, he he's could watching have been furiously masturbating, you know. 
To well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so Story and another witness compiled an identikit picture of the murderer. But when they re-questioned her, her description changed a little bit. Ooh. So it was there was a little bit of a bit confusion because you get suggestion put in that this is what i'm saying about like after the event like little things can lead you down a different path like yeah. if, the, if, a, if somebody says to you um oh and were they tall Leading they question. must have been tall like well yeah okay maybe they were it's like were they taller than you though well yeah they're okay then they're tall and what then color was the man's hat makes people think there was a hat when there might not have been if they said what was he wearing no one would have said anything. Yeah, when I'm like to you, how much do you love me? You're like, well, I do love you. Yeah, and it convinces me when I'm not really sure. So, um, basically, uh, a man claiming to be the A6 murderer broke into a house in Surrey um, prior to this, and the owner of the house said it was Peter Louis Alphon. So he's linked in that way, in that he apparently told someone that he'd done it. Done the murder or left the gun on the bus? Done the murder. He said, I'd done the murder. So I'd done the murder. I'd done it. Then two cartridge cases were found in the Vienna Hotel in London, which is where he'd been picked up matching the bullets used. Okay. So in a in the hotel room, they found bullets that linked to the murder. And then, um, no, the cartridge. I don't, I don't know what that is. Is that like the casing? I imagine so. Uh, the last person to stay there, they originally thought was James Ryan. Um and he had also asked the way to a bus stop for the 36A bus, which I'm assuming goes on the A6. Or the was one. the bus where the gun was found on? Oh, no, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Don't worry, it's a team effort. Yeah. Uh, thank God you're here. <laughs> and then, uh, and so the, the hotel owner had said that he'd asked the way to the 36A bus, and then the hotel owner um, said Ryan was staying in the basement and Alphon in room 6, but then later staying on, in the basement like that, I know what is like that's hotel? an option like it's like it's not there's the no net- rules you can stay in the basement yeah. if you want like, what weird nativity story is this <laughs> yeah. like well I've got a laundry room there's a gorgeous <laughs> cupboard on the third floor with a view of the bins yeah basically uh, but then the, later on he changed it the other way around so that was really inconsistent it's like who stayed there and who stayed there oh no wait it was the other way around so again well surely they had a book that would tell them that's what I thought they're just giving out keys left right and centre well they must have done because the key for the basement got slipped in and someone <laughs> yes. ended up in there so then the police named Alphon as a murder suspect um but Story, in a lineup, said he didn't do it. She said she couldn't pick him out as right. the murderer. Now, Ryan turned out to be Hanratty. He was using a false name. Oh! Okay. Bring it. Throwback. So, Hanratty was staying in that hotel where the casings were found and yeah. asked for the bus, all of that. Apparently so. And So, poor Alphonse was just having a little bit of a sesh in his room for five days straight. Well, we don't know yet. So, Ryan turned out to be Hanratty and he didn't have an alibi for the murder. And he was arrested and he was charged with murder because she hadn't picked out Alphon. Um, so, they'd said, well, it must be this guy instead. Yeah. Hanratty made stupid mistakes in court. I mean, Hanratty just sounds like an evil name anyway, sounds like doesn't it? T- it like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something like that, doesn't it? It like sounds like villain. a mashup between Moriarty and Rattigan. Yeah. Do you remember Rattigan? No. Off Basil the Great Mouse Detective. You're a lot younger than I am. <laughs> I don't remember Rattigan. I don't even... I think that film's quite old, actually. It's a film. I thought it was a cartoon. Yeah, a film cartoon. 
Oh. Like, you know, you can go to the cinema and sometimes it's not always people's talking. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> this is not the world we live in. You watched a film about someone fucking a half-human, half-reptile and you can't believe that there's a film about a rat villain. <laughs> Real-life actors in it. In costumes. You have to watch it now. It's hilarious. Um, so Hanrati made stupid mistakes at court and he um, he said that he was in Liverpool then he said he was in North Wales um, and then... Apart, but there was there wasn't any DNA evidence, or there wasn't anything. There wasn't really any evidence against him, apart from he didn't have an alibi, and Story identified him as the murderer. And he was in the hotel. And he well, apparently, and he was apparently in the hotel, but it was a false name, and they couldn't they couldn't prove that he was in the hotel. Oh, so there wasn't really any proper evidence against him. Now the jury discussed. When they had to go and make their decision. And then obviously he's got, he's like a, he's got learning difficulties. Yeah. So when they're questioning him and he's coming up with different stories, he either can't stick, he's not intelligent enough to stick to a story or that he's genuinely becoming confused. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. So the jury basically went away for six hours and discussed um, the case and then they returned to ask the judge the definition of reasonable doubt. Now that makes me think of when you've got a kid halfway through a lesson who goes, what we won't be doing again <laughs> no it happens though when i was on jury we weren't we weren't deliberating for that long but like you start you're just in there with everybody and you're going round and round and round discussing the same things and if like a group of people get on one topic you start to question yourself and like well these people are saying this if we've got to all come to a majority decision we need them to be convinced because what so when we were there we were doing it for a few hours and then we had to ask the, adju- the judge to define what an acquittal was. Right. Because this whole group of women were like, well, we don't know what it means. I was like, well, we've just told you like seven times. They're like, no, we need to know for sure. Like, what the fuck's saying? Right. Because they th- they'd obviously watched too much TV and were like, guilty, not guilty. I'm like, no, acquittal is just not guilty. Like, yeah. Get over it. So it happens is what I'm saying. It happens. So they weren't just pissing around and getting free food for that six Like, hours. there's no intelligence test to get on jury service. No. This is why these things happen. <laughs> so three hours later, they returned with a unanimous guilty verdict. And as a result of that, he was hanged in 1962. Hanratty's gone? So Hanratty's dead. Um, in response to this... I, sa- I, sa- I said that like I was genuinely upset by it. I'm, so- I just- I'm, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but you're not done though, are you? No, I've got loads more. And he's already dead? And he's dead. So in response to that... Articles were written and campaigners argued that Alfon had done it and not Hanratty and it was a case of mistaken identity, just things going wrong for him and that someone who was innocent um, had been found guilty. Now, his dad was his biggest advocate for this, obviously. And apparently, um, do you know Speaker's Corner in London? Yes. Yeah, apparently his dad used to go every Sunday without fail and, and talk about his son being innocent for oh. years and years and years and years. So he used to go there. Um, businessmen I love these guys Gene Justice nice amazing and Jeremy Fox still good yeah. <laughs> um, they became so convinced that um, Alphon had done it and not Hanratty they tracked him down and, and developed a long term friendship with him in the hopes of catching him out like that is committed to oh this my case God, that's some true like Capote of I think we should do that we should find someone and we're going to be friends, friends with them I mean, we had a weird discussion this week about should we contact murderers? 
We decided no. No, I think I think that we would decided be... that wasn't appropriate. Too We're not going to do it. But every once in a while, I need shutting down. <laughs> yeah, I talked you out of it. Um, so they they started a really long term friendship, and they recorded their conversations with him. Just on a gramophone. Oh no, we're in the sixties now, aren't we? We're yeah. In the... In, in the hope he's just going to go. Oh, by the way, I committed a murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. So um, Alphon found out, and he went. I was. Can I interject with something? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was um, so on Instagram. I love how you just put your hand up. <laughs> I was like, yes. I want to be polite. So on Instagram, I do follow an account um, called um, "Do You Consider Yourself a Feminist?" Or it might have been "Feminist Uprising." I have a few. <laughs> I follow. Both of them are great, but it might have been "Feminist Uprising." So anyway, what the post was was a screenshot of somebody's. Um, notes from their lecture which was about um types of questioning and it was talking about soft questioning and these and the examples that their lecturer had given was um like casual questioning have you ever murdered your wife and then it was like um another another form of questioning where it was lots of people seem to have murdered their wife have you and then it was like and she was like how would anyone come up with this example of murdering? Like, how dare they think this is appropriate? And I was like, he probably just listens to our podcast. <laughs> like, like, you might be like, oh. She's like, how could anyone have found this funny? And I was like, mm, I, I might have to unfollow you. <laughs> so Hanrati had a friend and he, um, friend. this is kind of like, it doesn't really relate that well, but he, his friend killed himself and oh. wrote a note saying that Hanrati had done terrible things but he didn't explicitly accuse him of murder and we know that Hanrati had done horrible things because he'd stolen cars and he stuff he was driving without a license yeah he had he driven he could have a killed license. a person on two occasions more than two times he was caught who knows how much driving without a license he did so dangerous um and then Alphon weirdly started just said just telling people that he'd been paid to end the affair between Story and Gregston what yeah and then, <laughs> and then he claimed the gun went off by accident. He just started telling people that he'd done it. I know. Do we know anything about this guy's like backstory? Like, where's he? Where he came from? Like, is he? What? Yeah, no. He just started telling people that he'd done it, and he gave this confession from 1966 to 1971. So that's four years after Hanrati's killed. If he's just saying the gun just happened to go off. It doesn't happen to go off seven times. Like no. four, it doesn't happen to go off four times in a shoulder and once in a neck. Yeah. That, I mean, it was really inconsistent. She said she said that that's not the man who killed um, Gregston and raped me. Um, and she was adamant. I mean, they'd driven around in the car him. from... It yeah. wasn't like just one dark attack where she, she was raped. She spent hours with this guy. Like they were, she, would, she would have been able to see him in the car while they were driving yeah. around. And in 1971, he stopped saying it. But he died in 2009, so fairly recently. And not, never in prison, he was just... Never in prison. He just said, I'd done it, and then he said, actually, no, I didn't. And, people, I mean, people were writing about him, people were writing articles about it, but they didn't... The police didn't... They didn't have anything on him. Well, the I mean, case they was closed, I guess, yeah. wasn't it? They'd have to reopen... They need more evidence to reopen. Yeah. Um, so, friends said that after he died, um, they said how he'd been obsessed when he was alive, obviously, with the with the case, and that he'd actually incriminated himself frequently through talking. So, he'd, he'd kind of confessed it to them as well, which was really strange. Maybe um, it's like the confessions of Peter Quick. 
Yeah. That guy who just stuck, like, for the attention, he just felt like he was a celebrity because he would say that he did a murder. Maybe he really believed he'd done it. I don't know. But I know you don't unlike unsolved cases. That is more to I this. Don't. And there is some evidence. So in 1997, the um, DNA evidence testing is a thing. <gasps> So the sample, can you remember? They kept a sample from then. Yeah. A lot of stuff was um, destroyed, but there were two things left. Can you remember the gun on the bus? Yes. The handkerchief that was found with it? They tested oh, that. Oh, because they wiped it. And the and the sample from Miss Stone's underwear. So Ooh. they kept her pants and they'd kept some fabric from that. So they tested that for DNA. And it was expected that they would ju- it would just exonerate um, Hanratty and it would just be like... We got the wrong guy all along because yeah. of all the all the protesting and everything. Well, the DNA, um, they they didn't have um, permission to dig up Hanratty's body, but they tested it against family members, and they found that it was they couldn't say for certain, but it was two and a half million times more likely to be his DNA than anyone oh. else's from what they found on both the handkerchief and on the underwear. So without actually testing Hanratty, that's as close to certain yeah. as you can get. Yeah, and um. It was found only his um, DNA on the handkerchief. I mean, who has a handkerchief anymore? Those things are gone. That's not a thing anymore. One of my friend's husbands does use a handkerchief. And I think it's horrid. It's disgusting. Why do you want to put your snot back in your pocket? I thought you've been married to him for a while now. Could you not have sorted it out? She's like, oh, he likes it. No, you're washing them. You put them in the wash. You take them out. You handle those things. No. no. If he's going to snot in rags and then leave them around, make him do the washing himself. No one needs to use a handkerchief anymore. Um, Oh, actually, we could save the environment. Uh, we we could, but then we could. When you when you've got people in America using one bag for each item in Walmart, <laughs> I couldn't even cope with that. Never mind the environment. The pressure I felt to put spin that bag carousel. <laughs> I, I was like, it. I don't want another bag. Spin the carousel. <laughs> We're paying five p for our plastic. She bags. was just whamming things in. I was like, take, but I've got a bag. <laughs> It was frightening experience. So there's people like tell us the ending, which is getting totally off track. One time I went to Walmart. So on the underwear there were two bits of DNA. Hers, presumably. Well, well, of male DNA. Oh, sorry. Um, should have been specific. <laughs> and then one was the one that matched Hanratty, and it's it's assumed the other one was Gregston. Oh so, yeah. So. Uh, Pretty much, it was found that Hanratty did it. Story is still alive, and she is adamant that Hanratty is guilty, and they got the right person all along. Oh. Um, and Hanratty's family are adamant that he is not guilty. But they, I mean, they would be, wouldn't they? I feel all's well that ends well. So it was an emotional roller coaster when Mum told me because I was like, "Oh, but they got the wrong guy, and his father." But then, and then it was like, "Oh, but he did it all along." Yeah. Well, at least well, like, oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. The end. If you want to email us, you can email us at slaughterthepodcast at gmail.com. Um, have a really nice week, guys. And remember, listening to Slaughter doesn't make you a psychopath. Leaving a bus on oh, I was gonna say leaving a bus on a gun. <laughs> leaving a bus on a gun does. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. No. <laughs>
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.